All right, good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Samson, for that word of encouragement there. <clears throat> and as I thought of those verses, um, again, I believe it ties in very well with what I want to share this morning. There where it says, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And so this morning, that's us. We, we haven't seen the nails or the holes, but we believe. We believe. And along with that, I trust that we are not ashamed of what we believe. And I believe this morning that as we think about um, that, of, of not being ashamed of what we believe, that we stand for the truth. We stand for what is right. And um, I believe there are, I don't know, maybe two, three different types of ways of, of being able to uh, uh, show forth that you're not ashamed or being an influence or to stand for the truth. There, there are those who, who uh, openly and very forwardly ex have their, uh, they, they make their expression. Then there are others who are, who are um, silent and yet they are a true example of what they believe. <clears throat> there were two friends who were having breakfast at a local restaurant one morning and uh, at a nearby table they noticed that a, a young woman was sitting there uh, reading her Bible. She was absorbed in the text and occasionally looking up to consider what she had read. She never said a word but her heart and priorities were visible to everyone in that restaurant. It was a gentle, positive, and silent influence. She was not ashamed of Christ, nor of the Bible. She neither preached a sermon nor sang a song. She was willing to be identified with the Savior. Yet she did not need to announce that allegiance or to stand up and make some big um, comment about, hey, look at me, I'm reading the Bible. You all need to read the Bible. She didn't say anything like that. She didn't do anything. She just silently sat there and uh, uh, read the word and was meditating on it. Because ultimately, words are needed to present the gospel. There are times when we need to share the word. But we can also learn from the example of this young woman. There are times when the quietness of our everyday um, actions and the manner in which we present ourselves speak louder than our words. You know, how is it with us at um, work? Uh, at the neighbors, uh, when you go into town, uh, when you're at the bank, uh, you know, all those things that we're involved in, places we go, things we do, um, how do people see us? Are we ashamed to, to um, stand up and stand out for what we believe? 
You know, I believe we live in a time when there are many who, <clears throat> who uh, they say one thing, but they do another. And they don't, uh, they don't stand for truth and for the, the word. And so this morning, <clears throat> that, uh, that's the message I want to, to share with you. It's a gospel worth sharing, <clears throat> the word of God. Just as the disciples there in John, Brother Samson read to us, that's the gospel. That's the truth. You know, they seen it firsthand. They witnessed it. They were there. You know, and I often think about that. You know, what? How would have it been if if we could have been there and and seen? Um, I think it would have changed our hearts and our minds in a real way. I mean, yeah, we 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 believe. We understand, um, but I believe that would have been a real earth-shaking event, and, and it was. It was. You know, those 12 disciples turned the world upside down as they went forth from, from that time on. And so this morning, um, <clears throat> Paul tells us in Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And now, as we think about this first chapter of Romans here, prior to that, in Acts chapter 26, 27, and 28, just briefly looking at that, you know, Paul um, was sent to Rome. But prior to that, he was before um, Herod Agrippa in I, I marvel at how <clears throat> Paul, here he is in chains, brought before Agrippa, and he said unto him, uh, you know, Agrippa said to Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. But then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. And notice what he says. He says, I think myself happy. I am glad to be here, King Agrippa. I'm so glad you told me to come. I'm so glad I can be a part of this because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews. And he goes on in chapter 26 there and tells and explains and shares his testimony to um, Agrippa of what Christ has done. Even, uh, you know, <clears throat> what, how uh, he changed his life. And later on in that chapter, we can see where, um, as he spake before them, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art mad. You know, what is wrong with you? You're out of your head. You're out of your mind. You know, <clears throat> but Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. He was not ashamed of what Christ had done in his life and how that he had changed his life. Because he accused him of much learning doth make thee mad. You know, you're saying things that, that, you know, you're out of your head. But he said, I'm not mad, most noble Festus, but speaking forth the words of truth and soberness. You know what I believe? That struck a chord. I believe that done something to Festus. <clears throat> 
It doesn't say that he, that he changed his life or anything, but I believe because of the power of the word that it spoke to Festus in a real way. But as it goes on there, King Agrippa now, he was, you know, sitting there looking at Paul. Um, he said, Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. Not quite. Almost. <laughs> wow. But Paul was not ashamed. And so the next chapter, you know, talks about the shipwreck and how they were drifting toward an unknown shore and how that Paul told them to, you know, to wait, but they didn't. And as we come to the end of chapter 28, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. <clears throat> he didn't hold anything back. He preached the whole gospel, the true gospel, as we shared the other evening in our Bible study, <clears throat> the true gospel. And I believe that's what needs to be presented today in our, in our time. We need not be ashamed of what we believe and to stand for the truth, for the true gospel. Well, anyway, we come to this point here where Paul is now being sent to Rome and uh, to, again, preach the word. And as he comes there, he says in verse uh, 8, First, he says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. And I've often wondered about that. You know, how did they know back then, um, you know, was, was America even founded at that time, you know? But it says throughout the whole world, through their, through their regions, I guess. But anyway, for God is my witness, he says, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Can you imagine? Can you just picture that in your mind? The Apostle Paul here, here he's, he's sent to Rome, his desire to visit the church there, and he just simply stands up and just shares from his heart exactly what Jesus done for him. Making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. And as time, as the verses go on there, we see as he comes to verse 15, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. He was ready to share with them the true gospel. The word of God. Why? Because he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And I trust this morning that's where you and I are at. That we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Not ashamed of what we believe. How we live. The things we do. The places we go. The people we're with. You know. Um. 
many people have to pick and choose where they go and they have to watch when they go because they don't want somebody to see them. Well, you know, if, if you have to be that careful of where you go and you don't want nobody to see you, then you better not go. Amen. And same way with, with the, the way they dress, you know, their lifestyle. You know, depending on where they go, they dress one way. And depending on where they go, they dress another way. No, that's, 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 that's a double standard. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be consistent. He wants us to be true. Now, do you think Paul did that? When he went to Rome, he didn't change his clothes. He didn't change. He went there and preached the gospel. Verse 17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. In other words, from beginning to the end. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so after, after all these things, Paul's, <clears throat> Paul was eager to preach the gospel. Is our service done in a spirit of eagerness? I think I can say this morning that we're eager to be here, are we not? We desire to be here. We want to be here. Or is it because of a habit or because of an obligation? I trust not. I think I can say with honesty that we're all here because we want to be here. We want to be here because we want to we want to dig into the word. We want to hear the true gospel. We want to hear what God says to us in, from his word. <clears throat> You know, the moral condition of that day was, it was horrible. Nero was uh, emperor of Rome, and you don't know, remember what Nero was like. He was a wicked, um, degenerate, uncivilized man. He was just evil. He was horrible. And so the city of Rome was a, a cesspool of sin and uh, wicked living and, and deceitful living and you know, horrible, horrible things. And the gospel that Paul preached was diametrically opposed to everything Rome was. It was just, it was opposite. And uh, there were those that didn't like it. You know, Paul, they tried to kill Paul. They tried to get rid of him. <clears throat> and so because the gospel Paul was preaching was almost unbelievable. Think of it. The Savior Paul was preaching uh, about was, was uh, he was a member of the despised Jewish race. That's where Jesus came from. He was said to be the Savior of man. He came to be the Son of God, even God himself. Yet he claimed to be a man. and um, All those things. In 1 Corinthians 1, 18, you know, Many people, the claims of the gospel were just too bizarre to believe. But here, Paul says in, in Corinthians that for the preaching of the cross um, is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved is the gospel, the power of God. Um, Paul never changed, but they did, you know. Because everywhere Paul went preaching the cross, he was ridiculed, he was cast out, he was imprisoned. Or treated cruelly. 
you know, many would not have been able to endure the shame of the cross. <clears throat> and so with all those things in mind, it's easy to see why Paul would want to be clear about his commitment to the gospel message. He would want these people to know that they are hearing from a man who believed the message. He was willing to pay the price for it. Over and over. It was a message of salvation. It had a life-changing power. <clears throat> the power of the gospel. <clears throat> well, as we look at this verse, verse 16, Paul tells us that the gospel is the power of God. You know, I don't know how it does it. I don't know how it works, but I know it works. When the word is preached, when the word is shared, when there's testimony given, when there's whatever concerning the word of God, hearts are touched, souls are won, and brought into the kingdom of God. You know, I don't know how that all works, but the power of God does that. It changes hearts. It changes individuals. And and um, makes them think differently and, you know, makes them a new creature, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. So the word power comes from a word that refers to might or energy or force and strength that, that dwell within God. You know, God could have revealed his power in, uh, against sin in, in any way that he would choose. He could have wiped men from the face of the earth. He could have done anything he wanted. Because God is God. God is in control. Because he's all-powerful. He can do anything. Therefore, it's a blessing to notice that when the Lord moved to do something about sin... <clears throat> he exercised his power in sending men the gospel of peace, gospel of grace, the gospel of truth. Nowhere is the power of God so visible as it is in the gospel of Christ. Think about it. When God takes a lost sinner, a man that is living and ungodly horrible life and takes him out of that pit he can clean him up and change him and make a new creature out of him I can't do that you can't do that but the power of the word the word of God and God himself can do that praise God his love wrapped up in his son the Lord Jesus I thank the Lord that he loved us first as he says in in 1 John 4, 19. We love him because, why? He first loved us. He loved us. He loved us before we were even created or, or made or born. He loved us. And you know, there's a thought that always stuck with me is that if there was only one of us here on the face of the earth, God would still love us that much. Only one. 
And so notice that Paul's message is the gospel of Christ. Make no mistake about it. There are many different kinds of gospels being preached in our day. There is the gospel of religion that says, turn over a new leaf. There is a gospel of materialism that says, your worth is determined by what you have. Gain is the goal of life. There's a gospel of liberalism that says, I'm okay and you're okay. God accepts us like we are. He'll take us to heaven if heaven really exists. There's a gospel of society that says, do as you please, for life is short. Eat, drink, and be merry. Paul's message, on the other hand, was, says, you are a sinner, and if you die in your sins, you will go to hell. However, God loves you and sent his son, the Lord Jesus, into the world. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. If you will place your faith in him, then you can and will be saved. Yes. Which gospel are you trusting? And so the purpose of that we have, you know, the power of the gospel, and then we have the purpose of the gospel. The purpose was, why did God do such, uh, go to such lengths for men? Why did God go to such lengths? Why did he give up his son to die on the cross for the sins of you? You know, why did he choose to go that path? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't understand. But I know that he gave his son. John says in 3.16 there that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. The primary answer is simply that he loves us. However, there's more to it than that. Than that God's plan and God's purpose in giving the gospel message is salvation. That we can have salvation. And so the very word, the word salvation is a, a very important word. What does it mean? It means safety, preservation, deliverance. You know, peace. Um, it carries the idea of being rescued from all harm and danger. And I like that. You know, God created us to bring honor and glory to Him and to go back to Him. He didn't create us to just let us... <clears throat> run rampant here and do as we please and how, live however we live. Um, he wants us to live for Him. And not be ashamed. Not be ashamed of what God has done in our lives. <clears throat> the purpose of the gospel primary purpose of the gospel message is the salvation of the lost. I don't know about you this morning, but I love being with those of like precious faith. 
those who have been born again, those who are living for the true gospel, those who are living the true gospel, those who are not ashamed. I'm grateful to God that he gave us a church family, a family, a, a, a people that we can, we can uh, long, we, we long to be with and desire to, to fellowship with because we share the, salmon, uh, the, the same common um, uh, goals and, and desires in life, and that is to, to live out the true gospel, to be the, the uh, example, the true example, not be ashamed of, of what we believe. So we have the power of the gospel, the purpose of the gospel, and the plan, the plan of the gospel. What was the plan? Well, verse 16 tells us in no uncertain terms exactly how this gospel message is activated. It says, notice there, it says, uh, to everyone that believeth. To everyone that believeth. It makes it perfectly clear that the biblical salvation does not involve complicated religious rituals or ornate and elaborate religious exercises. Salvation is a product of faith and faith alone. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. He doesn't stop there, but he goes on, Not of works, lest any man should boast. And so, praise God for that. However, in the matter of salvation, the sinner can have no part. It is all God, all the way. Salvation comes to the person who is willing to simply believe and receive the message of Christ by faith. John 6, verse 47 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he says, he that believeth on me hath, what? Everlasting life. John 5, 24, again, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus saying this, these words, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And again, I like that word. Those verses, that verse there. He that heareth my word and believe that, that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. So how are they going to believe on the word unless you and I tell them? It is our responsibility. It is our job is as Christians, as believers, as blood washed saints, to share the true gospel, and to not be ashamed of it, because that's how they're going to believe, by hearing the word. And that's what Jesus is saying. He that heareth my word, you know, he gave it to us, so we need to share it with those around us. <clears throat> Acts 16.31 says, And they said, this was after the account of the, uh, you know, when the jailer, when, when Paul and Silas were there in jail and, and the walls fell down and he said, 
the jailer came to them and, said, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and, and thy house. You know, didn't, didn't just reference to him, but they said, your whole family, your house as well. So that was the plan. That's the plan of the gospel. <clears throat> I'm thankful this morning that the Lord kept his gospel inexpensive and easy to understand. You know, we don't have to pay for it. It's, 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 it's free. It's a free gift. Are we trusting in it this morning? Are we trusting in his word to lead us and to guide us, to continue to strengthen us and to give us wisdom and insight? I trust we are. Because through that, and through that, we... we uh, we, we need not be ashamed of what Christ has done for us. And then last of all, the pledge of the gospel. This great saving gospel message is for every single person in the world. Notice these words from our Savior uh, in Revelation 22, 17. He says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. The pledge of the gospel is that anyone who hears a message and needs a cure can be saved by God's precious grace. That's the pledge, and I pledge to do that. That's my, that's my pledge, that's my desire, is to, to be that example and to not be ashamed of what he's done for me. You know, many people have labored over the, the fact or the term to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, this shouldn't bother us. Shouldn't bother us. God didn't give the gospel to the Jew first in reference to priority. He gave the gospel to the Jew first in reference to time. You know, he had been dealing with those people for a thousand years. And, and, and when he sent his son into the world to be the Messiah of the Jew, they rejected him. John chapter 1 verse 11. What does it say there? He came into his own and what happened? His own received him not. Now the Lord has turned to the Gentile people of the world to offer themselves. It's for everyone. John 1, the very next verse. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become, what? The sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Therefore, Salvation is available to everyone. Salvation is available to everyone. You know, and there's, there are those that, you know, we live in an ungodly time right now. We, we really do. I believe we live in the end time. One person, uh, just, just the past week or so, I've seen, they, they said that we live in dumb ages. 
We live in a time called the dumb ages when, when people just do dumb things. It, it, really, you, you think of, man, you heard it all, and the next thing you know, you, you hear something even worse. It just keeps getting dumber. Um, God help us that we can make a difference and make a light. It's shed, shed, the, shed the light. Share the light, the message. So we have the power of the gospel, the purpose, the plan, the pledge, and the product. The product of the gospel in the life of the believer is righteousness. You see, man has two great problems. The first one is he thinks he's righteous and is therefore acceptable to the Lord. Number two, he's absolutely wrong about it. Man is not righteous and cannot produce righteousness by self-will or his own works. It's only through God. It's only through God. <coughs> so ever, however, when faith is placed in the gospel message and Jesus is believed on in the heart, he takes the sinner and declares him to be righteous. You know what man cannot do by effort, God does by his power. In all of our strength, all of whatever we put into it, our whole, we can't do that. It's only through God and by God. Romans 8 verse 33 says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. And so again, in, conclose, in conclu conclusion here, coming to a close, you know, we've been looking at this verse, and I'm sure there could be a lot more shared. And maybe as time goes on in the future, we will be sharing more messages from, from, these, uh, from this verse, from Romans. But... The, um, the questions still come to us. Are you uh, trusting in the gospel of Christ? Are you sharing the gospel like Paul did? No matter where Paul went, he shared the gospel. After his conversion, after his change, you know, he was not ashamed. And so wherever he went, he preached the word. So the question is, are you ashamed of the gospel of Christ? The same message that was able to save then can save now. The same power that worked in Paul's day is working in our day. We still, we still see, praise God, for men and women who are coming to the knowledge of the truth and desire to be baptized, be a part of the church, God is still working. But he wants you and I to be a part of that. He wants us to help, to share the word, not be ashamed, and to preach the word and to share the word. The same power that worked in Paul's day is working in our day. May God help us as we go through the next week. May he give us strength to stand for the true gospel. That's what it's all about.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the word. We thank you, Lord, for the power of the word. We thank you for speaking to our hearts again, once again, this morning. And especially on this little section, this small portion of scripture here in Romans and a couple of verses in Acts and concerning the account of Paul and how that he was in chains and being beaten and persecuted and yet was able to share his testimony and his conversion and what took place. And he was not ashamed of it. He was not ashamed to share what, what God had done for him in his life. And so that's our prayer this morning that you would be with each of us as we go from here. Help us, Lord, to, to not be ashamed, but to stand for truth and for what you have done for us and how that you worked in our hearts and our lives. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. Be with us through the remainder of the service. May you and you alone receive the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.